we're a ser- in a series called Changed, and we started this series on Easter weekend, and this today uh, puts the cap on the back end of it. The next Sunday, we start a new series called Be Encouraged, and you're not going to miss that. So it'll take us through the summer. Uh, you're going to love that series as well. But the Change series basically asks the question, what happened the day I trusted Jesus? The day you trusted Jesus, you were forgiven of your sins, you were given a home in heaven, and, and boy, you just knew that you were loved with, with what Jeremiah called an everlasting kind of love. And so, okay, so the day you trusted Jesus, uh, just a quick survey here. How many of you felt uh, utter joyfulness? Yeah, how many of you just felt relief? Yeah, those are the Lutherans in here. How many of you felt, um, how many of you felt still, still felt guilty? A, a few Baptists, yes. And how many of you felt like, oh, I've always felt this way. You're the Methodists. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that all my life, yeah. So there's a, a certain emotion that was near with the day you trusted Christ. And uh, some of that has to do with your cultural baggage about, you know, God forgives me, but he's still mad at me. That's one way of viewing God. No, he's actually satisfied. That's the, called the doctrine of propitiation. He is actually satisfied. The righteous demands are met. Um, not only are you forgiven and a home is in heaven but the Holy Spirit moved in on the day you trusted Christ she said I didn't know that it doesn't matter that you don't know it you got a helper a supernatural helper John 14, 15, 16 he says I'll be with you and I'll, I'll give you comfort I'll give you conviction I'll help you when you're off the path I'll help you get back on the path so a lot happened you were gifted the day you trusted Christ the Holy Spirit came and brought gifts with, just like it was your birthday you were moving from being a loser in life to being victorious in life you could see the victory side of life that was one whole message you're blessed that was one whole message and today what I want to say to you is this another thing happened the day you trusted Christ you became owned and now that's not something that we're all thrilled about as Americans because we want to own our own stuff we want I want mine it's a, it's a word you never have to teach a baby. Mine, you know, right? You just don't, yeah. And yet when we're done this morning, you're gonna find just how blessed we are to be owned. You are owned by the God in heaven. He bought you through his son and then he moved in through the person of the Holy Spirit and you came under new ownership. But just for a moment, I want you to think of it this way. Um, suppose you moved into the DMV, you were living in Oklahoma or, or Louisiana or somewhere else, and you got a new job, it took you to the DMV, you're all excited, you know? And um, so you're gonna come, but you get the new job, but they say, well, we may put you at Fort Meade, but we're not really sure. There may be days you need to go to Frederick, Maryland, but sometimes you're gonna be in Centerville, and um, so you may just wanna get a house close to the Dorf. Where's that? Well, it's Waldorf. Well, yeah, but if I'm traveling, yeah, but we don't know where we're gonna place you, so you're going to be driving and we do know this everybody who's ever lived in the dmv hates the traffic can i get an amen right amen yeah okay yeah so so you you realize i don't want to buy a house because i don't know what part of the zone i'm going to live in i don't know what side of dc i'm going to live in so what we're going to do is you're just going to rent so you you get online and you you rent this house and then you load your stuff and you move in and you get there you go this is really nice but you know what, I, I know I'm running, we're gonna be here for a year, but I don't like the, the kitchen. I'd like to blow out the kitchen wall, make it a big, um, a great room kitchen into the living room, kind of a living room, dining room kitchen, just a large overextended kitchen with a large screen TV. And are you allowed to do that when you're rental? No, because you're not the owner, right? You're not the owner. You say, well, I've always wanted the kitchen to face out the back windows. 
And, um, and so the kitchen's in the front of the house. So I'm going to rip it out because I watched this show on TV once, and I saw them. They did it in one hour, so, and they were morons. I could do it better. I could do it faster than them. And so you watch the show. You're going to move all the plumbing to the back of the house and so you can have a kitchen out facing the back. Are you allowed to do that? No, not so much. Are you allowed to even think that? You're not allowed to even think about it. How do I know that? Because you're not even allowed to paint, change the color. You're not allowed to paint in there. Because if you do and they find out, they're going to make your life miserable. And, and so you, you don't even want to ask, am I allowed to hang pictures in here? You can hang a picture. Just as long as when you take it down, we can't even tell a picture has been there. So if you put a hole in the wall, you better get some really good toothpaste to cover that hole up. <laughs> plaster that thing shut, right? Because you're a renter, you're not an owner. Do you understand the difference? And the owner has the rights to this. What I want to say is this. The day you came to Jesus, God says, she's mine. He is mine. Yeah, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. I know them. They follow. He's mine. She's mine. I own them now. That's what ownership really is. It's not just possession. It's rights. And in recent days, we've had a new definition of ownership, and it goes like this. He really owned him on the court, the basketball court. He really owned him today. You heard that? She, in the courtroom, she really owned her. In other words, that attorney really, really was dominant over the other attorney. He owned him or she owned her. And that's kind of the way this biblical definition is as well. Uh, from Matthew chapter 13. If you have a Bible, look with me at 1 Corinthians 6. We'll get there eventually. But from Matthew 13... Jesus put it this way, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. So he's, he's walking on a field, he finds a treasure in the field, and what does he do? Does he steal it? No. He goes back, he saves up all his money, he buys what he can, with, he takes it and he buys the field. He buys the whole field. Why? Because he knows there's a treasure on it. So he buys the whole field. Why? Because he wants the treasure that's there. That's God's way of saying through Jesus, this is the parable of your salvation. Keep reading. Matthew 13, pick it up at verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went and he sold everything he had so, so then he could buy it. Heaven is a lot like this guy who sells everything he has so he can buy what he really wants. Buying something implies access. It implies control. It implies holding the property. In other words, the use of that. So when you own something, you get to pick how you're going to use it. You can you can paint the walls. You can, you can move stuff around. You can move furniture. You can do all kinds of things, but you have to own it. And on the other side of this, when you are the owner, you don't, own, you don't view it just as what you control. You view it as an investment. You view it as something you take care of. You view it as commitment. You view it as responsibility. I'm reminded of the, of the dad who had a teenage son who turned 16, and he gets his driver's license, but he always trashed his dad's car. Finally, as the son saves up his money, having worked his way through high school, he's getting ready to go to college, so he buys a car. What does the dad do? He says, let's go for a ride. He goes for a ride, and the dad trashes the kid's car. Isn't that great? Why? Because I'm not the owner. I don't care anymore. You've been doing it to me now for a couple of years. I'm going to show you how it feels. Yeah, I'm just going to leave wrappers and stuff, straw wrappers, napkins. I'm just going to leave stuff in the car. Why? Because I'm not the owner. I put my feet up on the dash. Life is good. Because when I get out, I'm not cleaning it because it's not my car. You understand the difference? Now, the kid who just bought the car, this is the best car made in 1972. We need to keep 
you need to take good care of it. You know, he's really paranoid about keeping good care. Why? Because he owns the car. He doesn't care about any other car except his car, right? What does she do when she buys a car? She names it, right? She may not pay for the insurance, but she names it, right? Yeah, that's the difference. There's real investment there, so they really care about it. Hebrews chapter 7 puts it this way. Unlike the other, other high priest, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day. This is what the Old Testament priests did. Every day they offered sacrifices for their own sins and then for the sins of the peoples. They'd go in, they would sacrifice sins, uh, they would offer sacrifice for their own sins. Then when they got done, they'd offer sacrifices for the sins of the whole people. But instead, what's it say about Christ? He sacrificed, verse 27, for their sins, get this, once for all. Well, if you don't get anything else out of this message, once for all, when he offered himself. In other words, this is a one-time offer. It is a complete purchase. It's for all time, all places, and, and, and there's no selecting this. He buys the whole field so he can get the preciousness of the, of the hidden treasure, you. That's how he feels about you. Marry this with the Matthew 13 passage, and guess what? This is a one-time purchase. He says, I'm, I, this, the father says to the son, you're going to come to earth. It's going to happen one time. We're going to offer salvation. When you go back to heaven, we're going to send the Holy Spirit who will then live inside the believers. You, you understand? They had this all planned ahead of time. This isn't plan B or C. This is exactly the way the Father figured it out. Now, you may be saying, well, I'm not sure that he covered all the sins or all the people. I, I understand this. This once for all? Think of it in terms of real estate today. Let's suppose it, this happens in businesses when corporate... Uh, buys another corporation they just take it over right and they become the it becomes a subsidiary it becomes under the control of the mother company or or the the grand uh, umbrella company but it even happens in smaller settings when family members die and if a whole wave of a family member dies the oldest dies they and the the younger family members don't want the farm anymore what do they do they put it up for estate sale and when there's an estate sale those they'll post signs and put ads in the newspaper there's going to be an auction on this particular day and occasionally what will happen is there will be a buyer who will walk on the property and and instead of you going through the house we're going to sell the couch now we're going to sell the barca lounger now we're going to sell the tv and we're going to sell the toaster and the oven and the refrigerator rather than do that what she'll do is she'll walk up to the auctioneer and she'll say Here's my number, and she gives an enormous number, and she says, but this is a buyout. I'm buying everything on the property. Sales over. And that shuts down the auction. That's called a total buyout. Now, why would she do that? She knows that in the China Hutch, she walked through the house, those plates, she's going to get those for a buck a piece, and some cups, a buck a piece. The dining room table, she'll get 100 bucks. She's not going to get... Uh, tons and tons of money she's not going to make millions but what she saw was in that china hutch behind those dishes she saw a row of hummels little little figurines that are worth the price of the house okay and then she nonchalantly walked into the living room and saw in the corner a little curio cabinet with glass doors looked like nothing just little collectibles this lady just collected but she happened to travel through europe these are antiques worth the price of the house. So she knows if I buy the whole lot, I will get everything. It really doesn't matter what I make on the couch and the chair and the TV because I'm going to make my money on these selected pearls, if you will, from Matthew 13, this hidden treasure that's in the house. You see how this is going? 
And so this is what's called a total buyout. So you're wondering, did Jesus cover every sin of mine? He covered them all, and he covered all people for all time in a once-for-all, all-time buyout. It's a total redemption. Uh, now, from Galatians chapter 4, um, and this is well worth, this could be a whole message on its own. Galatians 4 verse 4, but when he's, the time was fully come, God sent his son, God sent his son, so the father is the one who's in charge of the salvation, get this, and he sends his son. That makes Jesus divine, okay? That's important to get that. Keep reading. He is born of a woman, that makes Jesus divine, now it makes him also human. Do you understand this? Okay, so we have a savior, God's son, so he's divine, has the power to save. He's human, so he understands my weakness and my frailties. You get that? We have a divine savior who's also human, and he lives under the law, the text says, so he, he obeys all of the, all the law, and that's a mouthful because God gave him 10 commandments. They added hundreds more. <laughs> he, had to, he had to go into that kind of setting. And he lives under the law, and he redeems those under the law. So he does the buyout. You get that's the word redeem. He buys us out of the slave market of sin. And in that day, they would have put slaves on the market for sin. And there was, was such a thing as a total buyout. A person could walk in and buy all the slaves. Could do it in, in a, if he had the money. Could do it all in one, one transaction. And what does Jesus do? He buys us out. He redeems us under the law. And and who benefits from this? Does God benefit? Or does Jesus benefit? No. Get this, at the back of the verse. That we, that's the believers, we become adopted in sonship. Get this. So God sends his son, who's divine, brings him into the world so he's human. He lives under the law, and he pays for the sins of the world. And who benefits? We do. We get to be part of the will. We get adopted into the family. If anybody wants to buy me out like that, I'm going into a royalty family, I'll go every time. So would you. It's called salvation. Make no mistake. God is in the buyout process with you, and he wants you to be completely transformed to look and act, be like Jesus. Titus chapter 2 underscores it for us again. For the grace of God appeared, um, that appeared uh, offers salvation to all people. It's important to get that because some people say, well, no, that salvation is only for the elect or only for certain people, only people who trust Jesus or only the people that I like. And here's the deal. God loves all the people of the world. And you say, okay, that's good. Um, does he love the people that I don't like? Yes, he does. And that's good news because there's some people out there who don't like you. And God still loves you. And God loves the people you don't like. And he offers salvation to all people, Titus chapter 2. Now, keep reading, verse 14. And it was Jesus Christ who gave himself to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people to his very own. See, you get this, he, he redeems us, he loves us, he gives us salvation, and he buys us out. Revelation chapter 5 says this is what we're going to do in heaven. We're going to sing a new song because you're worthy to unroll the scroll. Why? Because you, you, you purchased us. You, you were slain, and with your blood, you purchased for God, get that, for God, persons from every tribe, language, people, and nation. People from all over the world are going to come. Why? <laughs> because there's a the God in heaven who loves us so very much, he gives us his one and only son. 
and he purchases us. That's the buyout. So when Christ moves into our life, he moves into our turf. He takes over. He takes over, and he has total access. He has total legal right, and he has, he has the, the right to come to every corner of our lives, every corner. <coughs> Excuse me. Some time ago, um, Wanda and I were, um, uh, went to dinner. Uh, we only go to really high-class places, so I took her to this uh, taco bar, okay? And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we wanted a quick, quick bite to eat, and uh, we went to this place. It's up in the Dorf, Waldorf. Um, fine dining establishment, concrete floors, stuff you could just, you know, hose down. Uh, we walked in as a taco bar. I like it because it's got that glass wall, and you just point to stuff that you want in your tacos. So you're just going through. So you could walk in, and you could be sit- seated and eating within five minutes. My kind of place, okay? So I walk in and go, yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, no, no. I'm just pointing, and they're just throwing stuff on as it goes, and they wrap it. I pay them some money, and we go sit down. And when you walk in, um, the chairs and tables look like something from Tijuana. It's really cool. Uh, music is that way. Um, all the, uh, there's just fresh, there's like three colors of beans. There's, there's four kinds of salsas. I mean, it, the place looks and tastes. The menu is all about tacos. The air smells of tacos. And I'm wondering, how are they going to get it out of the paint? I mean, it's just, it's all about tacos, okay? You go over to the drink bar. They even have, do you know what horchata is? Yeah. Okay, if you don't, you've not tasted a bit of heaven. It's kind of a rice milk with a little bit of cinnamon added. It's cool and refreshing. Whew. Why am I hungry? Okay. So anyway, we went there, had a nice time. It was, it's a good place. Well, uh, apparently we didn't go enough because the place went under. So a year or so goes by, and um, she says, I have to work late. I have to be back in the building. And, um, and so she said, I, I don't have time to get home for supper. Uh, and I said, well, can I meet you for dinner? And she says, well, I have one hour. It was just enough time to get home, eat, and get back. And I and she's working in the night, and I said, well, meet me at the taco place, the taco bar. And she said, uh, it's not a taco bar anymore. It's, now it's barbecue. Well, I can do barbecue. I'm okay with barbecue. I'm addicted to food. So I eat it almost every day. So she said, I'll meet you there. So we walk into this place, uh, the menu, the furniture, the chairs and tables, is all about barbecue. Uh, the condiments on the sides, uh, it's barbecue. It's nothing about this says salsa. It all says hot sauce, okay? And it's not from Mexico. It's, this is all stuff from Texas. The music was from Texas. Everything about, everything in that store was about barbecue. There was nothing about that store that said taco. Make sense? Do you know why? Because it's under new ownership. It has a brand new management team. There wasn't a chair, a table, not even a smell. I couldn't even smell tacos in there. And I ran up to the wall, which looked kind of weird, but no, I didn't. That's why Wanda doesn't take me out that often. So. And for that, I will take you to lunch, okay? 
you understand it has to do with who owns the building and who owns that right and who owns that store. They're the ones who get to set the, the decor and the color scheme and they're the ones who set the menu and the music all the way down to the smells because they own it. They have the right to it. Now, having said all that, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Stop, stop there. You may be freaking out over the word temple. It, just think of that as the word for dwelling place. This is the home. So don't you know that your body, your physical body, is where the Holy Spirit lives? Who is in you, whom you've received from God. So you receive the Holy Spirit, not from a person, not from something out there, not some event. No, you receive the Holy Spirit from God. When did he come? To you? Well, this church, this church in Corinth was in all kinds of trouble. You say, well, they were more spiritual. No, they weren't. They were in a heap of trouble. That's why I had to write this letter. And so this is not for particularly gifted people. This is for all people who are believers in Christ. And he says, don't you know that you received the Holy Spirit? He lives inside of you, who is in you. You received him from God. You are not your own, second phrase. You were bought with a price. So what's the conclusion? Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You honor God with what he's given to you. Corinth had a list of problems. I mean, they had a list a mile long. They were suing each other. They had squabbles, verbal issues, comparisons. Uh, they, had, uh, they had drunkenness issues, jealousy, sexual misconduct. That church had it all. And what had happened was they had trusted Christ, started a church, but they brought all the paganism with them into the church and just polluted the mess. This should be a sign of beauty, and instead it just, it's a train wreck. So Paul writes to correct some of that, and when he does... He says, if I can correct this one thing, you know what's going to happen? If I can get this one, this is a big rock. If I can get this one solved, it's going to solve a lot of other issues. And so here's the big issue. And by the way, if God can solve that issue with the church in Corinth, he can solve it in the issues we have. You may be having them yourself. Get this one solved. And then, you know what? Management of the team, of your body, it's going to be a whole lot easier. If you just settle who really owns you. So break it down sentence by sentence. Verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples or the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit who's in you? You receive from God. Don't you know this? The implication? God sent his Holy Spirit and he lives inside you. He doesn't like go through the air. He's not all over the place. No, he indwells believers. Okay? As indwelling, he, he will take over. He will convert everything about your thinking and your emotions, your your processes which will help you make better decisions because he lives inside of you you get supernatural help that's the implication the implication is that he not only does that but he does it from day one you may not even be aware of it and he does it for your good so what it does is it makes your body a holy place this is holy ground i have to pay, take special care of it why because the holy spirit lives here because jesus is my savior and god sends him not only be Savior, but now the Holy Spirit to live inside me. Second, second phrase. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. When I trusted Christ, I came under new ownership. That means everything about me should look like the owners would want it to look. Because he has the right to it. 
Go back to the rental of the house. It's the, it's the right of the owner to decide what happens. When I trusted Christ, I came under this new ownership and I have to obey that regardless of how I feel because I know that he is out for my good. Why? Because this is his investment. This is his, not just his property, but he wants to take good care of it. So when he lays down a law, he does it for our good. He does it for our good. Third phrase. So therefore, honor God with your bodies. So what I want to encourage you to do this week is this. Ask yourself the question. Is this okay, God, since you're the owner of my body? Would you be pleased if my body did that? How, how could I honor you? Through my body. How could I reflect that I'm under new management? There's a new owner here. There's someone in charge who's, who's taking over, and they are not just a distant owner. They are in residence. Do you understand the difference? Some people own, but they are at distance. No. God says, I, since I am at distance, I'm in heaven, I'll send the Holy Spirit to be not only owner here, but then in resident owner. Since you trusted Christ, I'm under this residency kind of ownership. So you don't get to do just whatever you want to do. You say, well, I don't like my body. I want to rearrange it. I want to do whatever. No, you need to check with the owner first. Well, what if I don't like what's going on in my body? What if I don't like the way God made me? You've got to talk to your owner about that. You understand this? This is a supernatural kind of, of, of reckoning with the way you even view yourself. Some of us are, are not satisfied with the way God has made us. And I'm telling you, he may have made you that way for a particular purpose. Find out what that is and go back to the phrase and honor God with your body. Think about it for a moment, though. Um, I, we were singing a song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing to My Heart to Sing Your Praise. I was lost in utter darkness. I love this. A, that's a new verse for me. Uh, and my, my heart has found a home. Isn't that cool? Uh, now your grace is always with me. Now I'll never be alone. What refreshing words to know. Not only am I owned, dominated by, by Jesus, not only am I owned by the Father, saved by Jesus, but the Holy Spirit indwells me to empower me. But here's the really cool thing. Think about it for a moment. You get to live and you get to rent the space that is owned by royalty. Think about that. You get to rent the space, you get to live in a space that's owned by royalty. And since you're there in royalty, get this, um, um, he doesn't do quick fixes. He'll do the best fix, the best fix. Um, we were having a small group over one night um, and, and uh, it's a long time ago, and, and I, I'm not proud of it, but when a guy walked in on us, we had the TV on, and I, I'm embarrassed to say it, but we had HGTV on, and uh, they were like fixing a house, and they were going to flip it really fast. So they were doing quick fixes, and the guy in my small group goes, you know that's not going to hold together, right? Well, I didn't know, because back then HGTV was just a brand new thing going, he goes, you know, a cardboard backboard to a bed's not going to hold together long. You know, he was just saying, it looks nice, it's cute, but it's just not going to work. I go, you're probably right. Get this. God is not in the quick fix 
fix it and forget it kind of stage. He's not in a quick flipping kind of mode. No, he is in it for the long-term investment. He moves in and he puts investment in you. So when you think of it this way, now does he own you, but now you get a lifetime counselor who will help you with the challenges of life. You'll get someone you can be honest with and he knows your strengths and your weaknesses and you can be honest with him because he owns you, but he, he wants what's best for you. So he's not gonna give you bad advice. Do you understand how this works to your favor? Because the one who owns your body is royalty. So he is going to, he's only gonna invest in you with the absolute best parts for your, for your good, ultimately for his glory, but for your good. And if you'll cooperate with God's ownership, your soul and your spirit will soar because you'll, you'll be doing what you're designed to do and you're, under, you're at peace knowing this, is, um, this honors God with my body. So, honor God with your bodies. Ask yourself, owner, is this okay? Is this all right? And check at every moment. This week, that's the assignment. Ask the Lord, is this what you want me to do with my body today? Let's bow together for prayer. And as we pray, let's stand to our feet. Shall we? And right before I pray, uh, maybe the, the greatest question for you is, will I consult with the owner and will I listen to the owner? And if that is a struggle for you, um, my prayer is Romans chapter 12, I beg of you by the mercies of God, present your body as a living sacrifice to God. Give your body to him. And you know what he'll do? He'll renew your mind which will then affect your emotions, which will affect your decisions and your confidence, and eventually it'll affect your habits too. But he wants your body. You may have been holding on him and not realizing, that's why I have such a struggle. So will you consult the owner? I challenge you this week, ask yourself every day, God, is this what you want for my body? Um, what about that relationship? Is this one too close or is this one too dangerous? Is this one a priority or not? Or what about my schedule, God? Um, and what about my need for solitude? Um, what's going on inside my head, God? Um, what are the thoughts that I'm thinking that are just stinking thinking that I need to get rid of and bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ? What are the habits that are destructive in my life that are not helping me? Um, what are the relationships that drain me and don't get me ready for what really matters in life? Ask yourself those tough questions every day. Why? Because we were bought with a price. Therefore, we want to honor the Lord God of heaven. And Father, that's my prayer for these dear people, that we would honor you in all of our lives with our bodies, our mind, our soul, our spirit, everything about us, may we honor you. We pray this to the glory of your Son, through the power of your Spirit, God's people would say, amen.